Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Gospel of John. Today we want to look at the resurrection, and in particular the reaction of Jesus' three best friends, Peter, John, and Mary Magdalene. Let's now look at John chapter 20 verse 1 to 18. John 20 verse 1 to 18, and let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us. Allow us to know the depth of your love, your gentleness. Lord, how you engage each of those who love you and long for you. Open our eyes and our hearts to understand your word. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. John 20 verse 1 to 18 Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in, and they saw. he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, but he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have yet, not yet descend, ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter, John was not mentioned in this story, but he was said to be the disciple whom Jesus loved. Tradition has it that this refers to John, because in the Gospels, John does mention in the Gospel of John, John does mention the other disciples. But whenever it comes to this special disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he does not mention his name. So most believe and agree that this reference to the disciple whom Jesus loved was John himself, because we know that John had a very deep relationship with Jesus. And eventually in his epistles, he was known as the, gospel, the, the Apostle of Love. He was a man who was deeply in love with his Lord. And so we suspect then that these two persons, Peter and John, were the closest to Jesus. Mary Magdalene too was someone who was very close to Jesus. 
So this was first revelation of the resurrection of Jesus to his three best friends. It started with Mary Magdalene entering, going to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she wanted to just remember Jesus, perhaps to put perfumes on him, perhaps just to sit at the tomb and, and weep and think of him and to love him. But as she went to the place, she saw that the stone had been rolled away. Quickly she ran and went to tell Simon Peter and the Apostle John. And these two persons who loved Jesus very much as well ran to the tomb. Peter went, John first looked in the tomb and saw that it was empty, but Peter went into the tomb and saw how neatly the cloths had been laid. He saw the linen clothes lying there, the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not with the linen cloths, but folded neatly in the side, in the place by itself. It was as though someone had neatly unwrapped Jesus and placed the cloths in their positions. Then John, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw, and he believed. What we hear of, no, I'd like to make three observations about this story. The first is that the disciples whom Jesus loved obviously adored Jesus also, and they wanted to know what had happened to the Lord. Mary Magdalene was out there, wanting to be at the tomb with his Lord, even though she thought that he was dead, just to adore him, just to remember him, just to love him. But Peter and John, hearing that the tomb had been the stone of the tomb had been rolled away, ran to the tomb also. Of course, he was their friend. They loved him. And this is what friends do, to rush to see what happened to their friend. The first thought then, it's an important idea, is that those who love Jesus want to know more, want to know what's happening, want to know Jesus, basically. These friends wanted to know what had happened to Jesus. Was he resurrected? Had his body been stolen? They wanted to know the truth of Jesus. One of the very important things then about pursuit of Jesus is that there must never be an indifference. If we are indifferent to God, then we cannot see the resurrection of God. We cannot see what is happening. It didn't mean that these disciples were very discerning. As we later find out, they were quite clueless as well. But what was needed was that they wanted to know. And many of you also desire to know our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know how to relate to him. You want to know whether he's real or not. What's important then is that you take that first step of wanting to know. Which means then that you do not just sit idly and wonder when God will show up or just being indifferent to Him. But there must be that initial effort of wanting to know. Whether it is about reading the Bible and trying out, you may say, I don't know how to read the Bible, I don't understand. Try it first, that's step one. Step two, perhaps, is to listen, say, to this podcast. Clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, that shows an interest in knowing Jesus. But third, perhaps, is to make your inquiries. Read a book. Come and talk to us. Make an appointment to have a time with us, or make a call, or just email Pastor Jason, myself, or some of the church staff. 
Sometimes you think that we are too busy and you don't want to disturb us or you're too embarrassed to ask questions in case we look at your questions and say, what silly, what strange questions? Please don't worry about that. Talk to us, engage us. I've mentioned this several times last year. Write to me, write to Pastor Jason, WhatsApp us, email us, make a call. But whatever questions you have, talk to us find out more because we really want to share with you what we know of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure if you're really interested and you really want to know, then take that step to find out more. Well, maybe you don't need to take more steps because you've taken many steps, you've attended classes and all that, and that's very good. So we look at the second observation that I have the second observation is that Jesus appears to his friends in very different ways. He caters to their needs, perhaps their need for assurance and how much assurance they need. Notice that when Peter and John went into the tomb, they just saw the linen cloth and they saw the face cloth folded in its place, but they saw no angel. And they certainly saw no Jesus standing behind them. All they saw was some evidence that Jesus had left. And it probably wasn't for um, grave robbers who had taken Jesus because they wouldn't have folded up his face cloth and neatly put it aside. They would probably have either grabbed his body or desecrated his body. Likewise, for guards, they would not have shown so much respect as to have placed his linen cloths and his face cloth neatly aside. They would simply have grabbed everything and just discarded, disposed of the body. What they saw then was evidence that someone, either who respected Jesus a lot or loved Jesus, had neatly taken his body, or perhaps indeed that he had resurrected. It appears that John saw and he believed because it says that he saw these things and he believed. You're not sure what he believed, but I guess he believed that Jesus had resurrected because what Jesus had told them probably came back to his mind. But you see, these two men were rational in one sense and they didn't need to see a lot more, hear a lot more. They saw evidence and they left, went home. Mary Magdalene, on the other hand, entered the tomb shortly after these two disciples had gone off. What she saw was very different she saw two angels seated there and asking her, What who are you seeking? And then as she turned around, she saw Jesus standing there. I get the very naughty feeling that perhaps Jesus couldn't wait to see his beloved Mary Magdalene. He probably had a very soft spot for her and he probably knew that she needed to see him, not just as evidence, but her heart longed to see him. And so he gave her the first glimpse of himself as the resurrected Saviour and God and Lord. He didn't need to show his disciples that. They already believed when they saw the physical evidence. But Mary's heart probably longed to see Jesus alive. And Jesus then appeared to her alive. But Jesus also gave, God also gave more evidence like two angels seated in the tomb. Not necessary, perhaps, for the disciples, but very needed by Mary. And that tells me something about the way God approaches each of us. 
approaches us in very different ways. To some, it's logical and rational, good arguments, scientific arguments, scientific evidence of the goodness of God, of the existence of God, rational, objective arguments. Yet for others, God will appeal to our hearts, will appear to us through the filling of the Holy Spirit, will appear through visions, will speak in various ways, will come tenderly in the night. Sometimes he provides friends who journey with us and allow us to know how loving our God is. The truth is that God appears to us or reveals himself to us in very different ways. And so one of the things that I that we all need to recognize is that we will have different experiences that are catered to our needs. Sometimes we say, I ask for God to show himself physically to me and God hasn't. And we're so fixed on wanting God to do that, but, but God has other ways of convincing us. At other times, we may have experienced something powerful from God, a heartwarming um, experience from God, and we expect everyone to experience that. I think at some time ago, there was this controversy that if you didn't speak in tongues, you could not be born again. Simply because some people who received the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues and therefore expected everyone who received the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. Or when they received the Holy Spirit, they had certain ecstatic experiences like being slain, being knocked on the floor, or something that's really supernatural. And then there is this expectation that everyone else have the same. Well, God never gives people cookie-cut experiences. Rather, he tailor-makes them for us. So some of you will have very ecstatic, loving relationships bubbling over. Others among you may have a more intellectual, a cerebral experience of God. Your mind tells you more about the goodness of God than your heart does. And that's fine as well. Don't worry about it. God reaches each of us in his own special way. We need not expect to have the same experiences as someone else, nor should we then impose our experiences on another person. Allow God to reach out to you. What is necessary is that you want to know God and you take the effort to ask to find out about God. Let God take care of the rest. How he reveals himself to you is a gift wonderful gift that will surprise you and give you great joy. Let God do the work and enjoy yourself as he does so. The third observation is that Jesus did not rebuke his disciples or Mary Magdalene for their obtuseness perhaps, their blindness, their inability to understand. First of all, the disciples, so they were convinced, right? they saw the linen clothes placed at the side, the missing body, and it says that John then believed. But the next sentence is rather disappointing. Disappointing. They went home. I mean, what does that mean? After discovering that Jesus had resurrected, they went home. I mean, surely they should have gone off to, to proclaim the good news, to tell their f other friends what had happened. I wonder what was going on in their heads. Being convinced that Jesus had resurrected, they went home. Well, that's a very strange reaction. But God did not, Jesus did not rebuke them later on. 
We see later on that Jesus appeared to them in the locked room and lovingly showed himself to them. We see again later on as Peter was and John were fishing and Jesus caught the fish and gave them breakfast and had a time, a very gentle time with Peter. You see, God doesn't always rebuke us or get angry with us for our obtuseness, for our stupidity, for even our lack of initiative. Rather, God is very gentle and patient with those who love him. Look again at Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene entered the tomb and she saw two angels. If I were to see two angels sitting in an empty tomb, I think my logical mind would have drawn up the dotted lines that Jesus has resurrected. Because first, no body. Second, two mighty angels sitting there. I mean, what else do I need to know? And yet, Mary did not recognize this truth. Instead, Mary complained to the angels, well, somebody's taken Jesus away. Can you imagine talking to two angels and complaining to them? Where was her faith? Where was her understanding? But what was worse, when Jesus appeared to her, stood behind her and she turned around and saw him, she couldn't even recognize the friend that she loved so much and she complained to him again, hey, if you have taken the body, please hand him back. I suspect that Mary was beside herself with grief and had to a certain extent lost her mind. Perhaps a breakdown, a mental breakdown, she couldn't she couldn't be rational about the things she saw. Jesus was totally patient and loving towards her. He simply said to her, Mary. Mary recognized him. And then Jesus gave her some instructions. Well, don't cling on to me. Go and tell the other disciples that I am alive. Jesus was very gentle with each of his friends, despite the ignorance, the lack of faith, the stupidity. It's very important for us to know this. Because again and again I hear people say, I don't know how to pray, I feel so shy about praying. I don't know whether God will listen to me because the way I pray is so, so inept. So inappropriate, so poor. Well, let me assure you that God never gets impatient with us who talk to him in any way we know how. And it's easy to talk to Jesus. Mary just spoke to him like a friend. Where have you taken the body? And when Mary, when Jesus said, Mary, Mary just jumped up with joy and I suppose clung on to Jesus, which was why Jesus said, don't cling on to me yet. Conversation with Jesus, a prayer, is as simple as that. It's telling Jesus what you want, what you need, what you long for. And I'd like to share with you some tips about praying, what your heart longs for. First, of course, your personal problems. Often when I wake up, I'm full of anxiety over many things that may happen, may not happen. What I do then is I tell God one at a time, God, I'm worried about this, and God, I'm worried about that, and God, I'm sad about this or that. Just talk to him and tell him what bothers me, what perplexes me, what scares me, what confuses me. Just talk to him like that. But there are also things that I want 
to go beyond, that I go beyond my anxieties that I want him to bless. You know, when I was, I started this when I was practicing law, that every every client that came to see me, I didn't want just to be their lawyer. I wanted to be someone who could minister to them. And I would then pray just a minute before they're coming in and say, Lord, bless our time together, our meeting together. Help this poor guy because he has needs or help this very angry man because he's being unreasonable. But simple prayer like this, Lord, just bless our time together. You know, to this day, I continue that kind of prayer. Whenever I meet someone, I pray, Lord, let this, let this be a wonderful time. Let us be an encouragement to each other. Just a simple prayer like that, and I see wonderful things happen. And so, you know, I, I one, one of the things that I was talking to someone about was our interest groups and our uh, delivery of goods to our quarantine order clients. And that's a perfect place to pray. You know, each time um, Tony sends out this notice that there is a family that needs um, food because they're under quarantine order and an appeal for one of us volunteers to buy the food and deliver it to the house. Whenever we see an, uh, a request like that, all of us, whether we are free to, to do the delivery for this round or not, all of us could just pause and say, God, Will you help this family, this family that is in distress, this family where they're very poor and some of the members are ill and feeling terrible? Will you cheer them? Most of all, will they let them know how much you love them? A simple prayer like that for all of us in that chat group, that would do wonders because God hears and God answers. And then, we could also pray for the person who volunteers this time round to deliver the goods and, and pray something like, God, fill that person with joy as he or she goes does the shopping. There may be deep compassion in their hearts as they do it. Just something like that. And then as you who have volunteered to deliver the goods, you could just pray a simple prayer like, God, as I deliver these goods, really pour your blessings upon this family. Bring them joy above all. Let them know that you love them. Simple prayers like this. You could do that in your interest groups too as you go cycling. Pray for safety, yes, but pray for good conversations. I think that's what's so important. Pray for good, meaningful conversations, whether among yourselves as church members or with newcomers. That they will feel loved, they will feel um, embraced, included. Simple prayers like these. To remember to pray just, just like this. And then you extend this to your work. As you pray for your colleagues, the meetings that you attend. Extend this prayer to the time when you meet your family. You know, sometimes we pray very systematically. Fridays we pray for our families. But sometimes you may not have that habit and you could still be reminded each time. So now I'm going out with my husband. Let me pray for my husband. Now I'm going home and who's at home? The people at home are my two kids and my wife. And pray as you enter the house for your two kids and your wife. Where every encounter with someone is preceded by a prayer. That becomes a habit. Like before I did this podcast, I would say, God, uh, I'm kind of lost. <laughs> um, help me. Help me to be a blessing as I do this podcast. Just something like that. 
And God hears our prayers. God never rebukes us for the poverty of our prayers. He, he loves to hear us, so don't feel intimidated. But just pray each time there is an encounter. Okay, so um, these are the three conclusions. First then, seek God and take the effort to know more about God and God better. Secondly, that God will tailor-make His revelations to you in your own way. And so, don't be anxious that you don't have the same experiences as somebody else. God will reach out to you. And third, pray. Pray in all, all situations. Pray before all situations. Know that God answers. Well, let us pray now. Father, for each of us, teach us how much you adore us, how much you love us. Just as you couldn't wait to say hello to Mary Magdalene when she was so distraught and she just needed an assurance that you were around. And you came and you met with her first before you even met the other disciples. Show us the tenderness of your heart, Lord. Allow us to know then that as your beloved friends and as your beloved children, you don't look down on us, you don't despise us. But rather you hear and answer our prayers as we bring them to you. Thank you for that love that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, you have a great week ahead. God bless you. Goodbye.